Man, you guys sound good tonight. Um, hey, I'm Jason, if we haven't met, and this is South Bend City Church. Um, we are like just getting started. Maybe you figured that out. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you're used to or what you expect, but I especially want to say if you're new here, we're just really excited to welcome you. Uh, we're very committed to creating a space for, for everyone. So wherever you're coming from, whatever you think about the beliefs that even hold our community together, like wherever you're coming from, whatever you believe, whatever you think, we just want you to know that you're really, really, really welcome here. And we're grateful that you uh, decided to be a part of this tonight, if, especially if it's your first time. Um, so uh, if you don't know much about our trajectory, we're, we're just getting started. And we are uh, really excited about the fact that we have a permanent home waiting for us not too far in the future, which is the Studebaker factory. Who was at the open house on Sunday? Yeah, right? We had a great turnout. Um, we got to invite friends, anybody wanted to, to come see the space. We wanted you to see the before so you can appreciate the after. I think you can agree the before needs some work, right? <laughs> and yet, I don't know about you, but to me, um, and I heard this from a number of people, you walk into that room, it's this old factory floor from the 1920s where they used to build Studebaker cars, and there's something about it, even if it's pretty gritty, that just feels like us, right? Um, to me, it just seems really obvious that the, the thing that God is building for our family together can happen there really, really well. Not just because of what the room feels like, but because of what's going on in the neighborhood. Because that's a place in our city where a lot of different realities come together. Like some really hopeful and exciting realities, like new economic development, startup companies, and exciting stuff with the South Bend Cubs, and uh, neighbors and communities that have been left behind all that excitement and development. And we're excited about being a church that tries to bring some of that together in whatever way we can as we follow Jesus together in the neighborhood there. So that's coming up around the corner, and uh, we're really excited about it. But in the meantime, we've got some transients along the way. We're going to move around a little bit. Uh, for example, this is our last week at the Brick, and we're kind of bummed about it because this has been so good. You guys agree, like, this has just been good, right? Yeah, right? Uh, we're we're going to get into more of this stuff, but it just struck me like when I realized I was going to be part of a new church in South Bend and other people joined me, like I'm a little embarrassed to me. I didn't really think about the space problem. I was like, I'm sure we'll meet somewhere. <laughs> and I, I'm really glad this worked out because I don't know where else we would have been, to be honest. But um, this has become a, a sacred space for us, um, a, a beautiful sacred space, and it's been made sacred not just by the, the beauty of the room, but by the beauty of us growing together and getting to know each other and becoming a family and welcoming one another and strangers becoming friends. That has made this sacred space. And the fact that at the center of our gathering every week has been the story of Jesus and the way that our lives are being drawn into that, right? Now, um, a couple of like announcement things just to kind of keep us on the same page. And I'll tell you what, while I, while I go through this, uh, we'll just go ahead and give you a chance if you want to make an offering. No pressure at all, but while I'm talking through some of this stuff, our teammates who can pass those baskets around, you're just welcome to get in on that if you want to. So a few things coming up right around the corner. Next week, we move to the Doubletree right downtown. That's that big spaceship-looking glass triangular thing next to the Century Center and the old College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, we're going to be meeting in like the second floor conference room area there. We are going to sign the heck out of that entire space, okay? You won't be able to walk within three blocks without seeing a South and City Church sign. So don't worry. Like if you're not quite sure how you're going to find us, we will find you. We'll send search parties out on the streets. We'll do whatever it takes, okay? Uh, the Doubletree has a parking garage underneath that structure. We've worked with them. They're going to open the gates before our gathering and leave them open until we're done so you can just get in there with your car and not worry about parking. There's also a lot of street parking downtown that you can take advantage of. Um, but one thing that happens starting next week is we go from entrusting children to the YMCA to entrusting children 
to us. We're going to start doing some kids' care. We're really excited about that. Treneva Kramer is leading the charge. She's probably doing, I don't know where she's at. She's in the room somewhere. Oh, uh, there. <laughs> I kept seeing arrows this way, and I finally got to her. Um, so Treneva's leading the charge. And uh, here's the deal. If next week nobody has registered their kids, and it's all new data for our system because we're making sure we're keeping track of food allergies and safety concerns and who has custody and all that kind of stuff that matters, right? If every parent shows up next week and nobody's registered their kids, there will be a line, right? And unless you want to donate like the money for 10 computer stations, which you could do that if you'd like, but otherwise we thought, hey, what if we did some pre-registration tonight? So the deal is, any parents in the room, um, it would be a huge help if after our formal gathering time tonight, you would head to that corner, you'll see Treneva there with some sort of computing device, and uh, we'll get a bunch of you in the system this week so that next week it's really easy for you to drop your kid off for kid care, and they'll have a great experience, and people who maybe come for the first time won't be stuck in line between people like you and me who could have taken care of that tonight, right? <laughs> So um, let's just do that. It'll help our kids' program. It'll help Treneva. It'll help newcomers next week who are just kind of finding their way with their kids. So anybody with kids, uh, like little ones, that you're going to check your kid in next week for kid care, yeah, just plan to um, hang out over there after the service. You could, like, grab a beer while you wait, and it'll be awesome, okay? Um, another thing going on right around the corner is this Saturday, and this is tied into our move, right? So when we move to the Studebaker, we're going to be in a neighborhood where one of the things going on is a lot of our brothers and sisters in the community who don't have a home find themselves. And there's some groups that are doing really good work to help those people transition from that circumstance to a new future. One of those groups is Hope Mission. And as a church, we're really committed to partnering with groups like Hope. But we're committed to partnering in a very particular way. And what I mean by that is we're not going to be the church that shows up and sees them as a project, right? We're going to be the church that shows up and sees them as, as peers, as brothers and sisters, so we can like, just do life together and move forward together. So a little way to start that going on is this coming Saturday, the men from Hope are going bowling, and they have graciously invited the men from Southland City Church to join them. And so we thought we'd like to do that, right? Uh, we don't need an exact headcount, and even if you don't sign up ahead of time, you're still welcome to be there. But Ryan is going to be back in the corner at another one of the tables. And you could get details from Ryan. You could let no Ryan know that you're going to be there, and that way we'll have some idea of what's going on. But that's coming up this Saturday, and I don't think you want to miss that chance to just um, enjoy that time with those guys, right? Third thing going on tonight, and then I promise we're going to get to the good stuff, is um, we really we want to be uh, – well, actually – one of the things we say about this community is that we're a community of, of grace. Grace, peace for our city and the world. But uh, grace has a lot to do with generosity, and it has a lot to do with giving and receiving freely, right? And we feel like we've received a lot from the brick uh, since, like, May of last year when we had our first gathering here. They never let groups do what we've done. They don't let groups meet week after week after week. I think we can say this tonight because we're done here then, and if I wasn't supposed to tell you, oh, well. They actually let us store all of our stuff up there. They don't let anybody do that. And it was a huge gift to us to have our stuff on site since last September. It made life a lot easier. We didn't have to buy a trailer and store stuff anywhere. Um, there's just a, a ton of ways they've been good to us. So we want to say thanks. So we're going to have a, like a framed picture back there, something like that. And we just thought a bunch of us would sign it. It's a picture of our gathering in this space and send it off to the people that run this place to say we are really grateful for the ways that you've helped our community become what we are today. So you can do that afterwards too. Lots of action in that corner tonight after the service. <laughs> Also, um, Mackenzie, one of our members of our community, has got like food like that's going to blow your mind in that corner tonight. So plan to stick around and celebrate with us. The bar will be open if you want to grab a drink in there. And if you're able at all to stick around, please do so. Um, and now let's turn to really like the center of tonight. Tonight for us is about celebration 
and gratitude. It's really about like taking stock of where we've been and bringing all that together to where we are right now. Um, I remember very distinctly after 36 hours of thinking, I'm moving to Nashville, baby, just feeling like my home city like grabbed me by the shoulders and said like, hey, what about us? And kind of like that, it just became clear as day that the thing I'd been looking for for six years, which was where am I supposed to be a part of a new church in a city somewhere, the thing became really clear. It was South Bend, my home. And then you think, wow, okay. Uh, I'd have never planted a church before. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> you sit with it for a minute to make sure you're not crazy, right? Um, and then when you're at least 51% sure you're not, you start talking to a few friends about it. And pretty soon you kind of like put the signal out there to see if anybody else is on the same frequency, right? And um, I was just immediately struck that I'm not alone. And that's really amazing because it's not about me and it's not my work, it's our work and it's God's work and it's just about something bigger than ourselves that we're going to create together. And so quickly I was just so moved by discovering that I'm, I'm not alone and apparently I'm not the only one picking up this channel. <laughs> you know what I mean? This idea that it's time to birth another community, a new community of faith in the city of South Bend to add our effort to our brother or sister communities that are in the city um, that are trying to love and serve the city in the way of Jesus. So you start thinking like, what are you going to do about it, you know? And like, I don't know if you guys know this, there's a whole church planting industrial complex. Like, seriously, there's, like, there's companies and websites and products and programs and schools that you can go to and training regimens and all this stuff. And some of that's amazing, and I'm really, really grateful for it. But some of it, it starts to feel like, it's like, th th there's companies they call church in a box. I'm not making that up. The product's called church in a box. They put all the things that make a church in a box, and by that they mean sound systems and lights and that kind of stuff. And... Um, I'm really glad that there's like equipping programs out there and they'll teach you like this is how you plant a church. Your first month you got to do this. Your second month you got to do that. You got to hit X number of people in X number of weeks to be financially viable. And um, I'm not even knocking that, but it just felt to us that that wasn't really our path. That less copy and paste, this is more like um, weaving something together from scratch um, as we discern collectively what God wants this thing to be, you know? So we start holding some meetings, and like, we say really, really dumb, crazy things like sushi, not fish stew. I don't know if some of you remember that. Um, that was our way of saying, like, if a chef came to you and said, I have this beautiful fish, this Chilean sea bass that just came out of the ocean, it is exquisite, or some, like, some gorgeous like, ruby red tuna, and man, you've never had fish like this. And you say, all right, let's have it, you know? And then the chef goes back in the kitchen for a while, and they bring out fish stew. You might be like... I I don't know that I, I get it. Like, I want, I want get, show me the sea bass, right? Show me the tuna. Like, let me experience the thing, you know? Um, this is a way for us to talk about a kind of intentional simplicity for our church. That, like, the reason this room doesn't have, like, lasers in it is not because we can't afford them, although we can't. <laughs> <laughs> the reason the room doesn't have lasers in it is because what we feel, the, the unique way God wants us to be a church, the, what we get to add to the larger effort of all these wonderful churches in our community is a kind of simple, minimalistic place where we just... Like, put the fish out there. Like, let this simple, beautiful gift from God speak to us every week. And so we open the scriptures and we sing together and pray together and try to do as much as we can to keep things um, that simple, you know? We talked about uh, practices, not performances. So we like, so what if we sat in the round so that when you walked into the room, it didn't feel like a performance venue. It felt like something else, you know? Uh, our friend Aaron Nequist, who came and, and met with us for a little while, said, like, what if church was less a lecture hall and more like a bit of a spiritual gym where we actually do, we pray together, we pray the prayers together, we don't just hear a preacher pray. 
right? We, we actually, like, instead of a preacher saying, go home and meditate on this text, like, we actually meditate together for a few minutes just to see what happens right here in the room, you know? Um, we said uh, fields, not factories, um, because we really believe, like, you cannot be manufactured, and neither can I. You're way better than that. Also, life's way more complicated than that. Manufacturing is this like beautiful, tightly controlled process where you build walls and a roof and you seal the whole thing and you make sure you control every input and you can guarantee every output, right? And the fact is, life isn't that. And we don't think spirituality is and we don't think the thing that God wants to do through Jesus and the church should feel like a factory. It should feel like farming. It should feel organic. It should feel like we have patience and there are seasons when it, it seems like the growth is really coming and we celebrate that and there'll probably be seasons where it feels like things are just kind of fallow, Right? But in fact, even in the fallow seasons, we believe God's doing really good things, and we're going to show each other that kind of patience and walk with each other through all the seasons. So we, we said all this stuff, and then we're like, okay, well, like, let's figure out what's going to look like. So we started meeting here in the brick, and we did a couple of experimental gatherings. Um, we gathered with our friend Aaron, and, and we did things that a lot of us hadn't done in a long time or maybe ever. We did some things that we borrowed from churches that are much older than the church I grew up in. Uh, traditions that go back farther, farther in the history of the followers of Jesus. We sat in silence for like a total of nine minutes, just total silence, and meditated on the scripture. And I don't know about you, but for me, the first minute, I could feel this collective anxiety in the room. And anxiety transitioned to curiosity. And curiosity, like, unexpectedly translated to a certain kind of peacefulness in the room. And then, guys, I'll never forget this. So that, that's our first, like, real gathering here at The Brick. And we don't know who's going to come and what's it going to be like. And we open the bar afterwards, and I'm a little nervous about it, but it feels like the right thing to do, so what the heck. And if you're going to, like, plan a church, you might as well go for it, right? So, <laughs> so we open the bar, and, um, and let me tell you this. Like, in, like, church pastor world, right, like, getting people to connect, that's, like, the holy grail. If you can figure out how to get people to connect, you get to write a book and make a million dollars. Because it's really hard sometimes to help people connect. And I don't get some of that stuff. I don't know how to program it or systematize it. And we sit in silence for nine minutes, and then we opened the bar, and I just watched, like, all of this connection happening. And I was so moved by it, you know? And part of me thought, maybe we don't always have to reinvent it. Maybe we just need to be really human together, right? Um, so we do the May thing, and Aaron's here, and he teaches us how to pray together and how to practice together. And then we invite this crazy Irish philosopher named Peter Rollins to come and mess with us for a night, right? And he speaks fast and tells bizarre sort of disruptive parables that are really meant to provoke you and ask difficult questions about belief and God. And I'm thinking, okay, this might be the one where everybody leaves and never comes back, you know, because Peter's a little out there and I don't know how this will go. And you guys are just champs and you just like soak it up and the room's packed and Peter does his thing and these conversations start opening up in our community about belief and the God story and what's going on there, you know. Well, then we get to um, kind of turn the corner on the fall and we do a couple of listening nights because we think we should not just be like quick to speak, we should be quick to listen and understand. And so we do one night where we just reached out to voices in the city of South Bend and we asked them like, hey, a new church is coming to South Bend. What do you want us to hear? Christian leaders in the community, not Christian leaders in the community, <laughs> kind of across the board, uh, conservatives and liberals and people who have different visions of what it means to be human or what it means to help the city. And we just thought, tonight we're not going to judge this input. We're just going to listen and humble ourselves enough to let our neighbors speak. And I was so moved at the, the, the spirit of this community to just receive all of that, you know? And then the next gathering, uh, we go from listening to our neighbors to listening to one another in the room. And we create ways around the room to write and reflect and pray and speak. And we just collect all of these beautiful pictures 
that you guys have that people have in their minds of what this might look like in the future. And we let those things speak to us as a leadership. We compiled them. We did some dumb data, data analytics to like, like figure out what words were like major in, in those ideas. And it was really moving to me. Like words like welcome were a really big deal for this community that we think whatever happens, this better be a welcoming space. Um, and then we decided, hey, let's, um, let's start doing something more regular. Hey, Brick, can we be here every week? And so we start meeting every Wednesday and opening the book of Acts and asking one very simple question. What's a church? Like, let's just kind of like all of us, wherever you're coming from, good, bad, the ugly, the indifferent, whatever you have in that, in that package called church, like, if, what, what if we were all willing to kind of set that aside for a minute, just open the scriptures and let them talk to us? The first week of that gathering, by the way, I don't know if you remember, but <laughs> the power goes out two minutes in. And I'm thinking to myself, I will be working at McDonald's one year from now because this is how church plants go south, right? And nobody's coming back, and this is just a fundamental failure, you know? I'm thinking, like, do we shut it down? I mean, do we cancel it? The YMCA, they wimped out. I guess legally they probably shouldn't have kids in dark rooms. So we had to send the parents back to get their kids, and then we had all the kids in the room, and it's dark, and there's no sound or anything. And I say, should we keep going? And everybody says, yes! So for, like, the next hour, we pray in the dark, and we sing in the dark, and we talk about the scriptures in the dark, and it was really really special. By the way, that was the night that a tornado literally like passed through town and spared South Bend City Church. <laughs> so that's either a sign of God's great favor toward us or a threat of judgment. I don't know which, but <laughs> I'm just going to go with favor, okay? Uh, we survived an election. Uh, I learned a lot through that, guys. Um, I remember the, the day after the election, I woke up and my inbox and my text messages were full from you. And there were many different feelings. And they were pretty intense. Um, there were people who felt villainized because, of, because, because they sought what they thought was best, at their best understanding, and then the choice they made, people don't like them for that and think they're terrible people for that. And there were other people who felt unsafe in the world um, because of some of the rhetoric that led to that election day that was really hurtful for people, especially depending on who you are or what's unique to your circumstance. And um, I did not anticipate how hard church can be when the world's really complicated and when we all care very much about how things go in our country. And I didn't anticipate how hard it can be when we all come together then with all those different feelings. And I didn't anticipate how powerful and good it would be, not in spite of all of that, but even because of it, to come together around Jesus and decide we're going to love each other and listen to each other and keep figuring this out together, no matter how much we disagree, because that's precisely how church happens, right? Um, We've been through so many good things, and we thought tonight would just be a really good time to stop and say thank you. Uh, a little later on tonight, we'll come to Jesus' table. Um, sometimes this, the bread and the cup, sometimes this is called communion, which has to do not just with our experience of connection to God, but our connection to one another, which is why we serve one another and do that together. Another word for this meal is Eucharist, which basically in the Greek means thank you. Like, like, as we come to the table with, with the bread and the cup, not just with our words, but with our mouths, with our bodies, even as we receive, we're saying thank you. And we just feel like tonight's a good moment to do that. We actually, um, we had other plans for tonight. We were going to do thank you, and we were going to do a bunch of stuff about what's coming up. We were going to do prayers over the Studebaker. We we're going to kick off fundraising for the Studebaker. We we're going to do all of that tonight. And our team, as we worked on it, we just felt like, you know what? Let's not, let's, not, let's not do that thing where you cram everything in. 
let's not do that thing where you quickly say thank you and move on. Like, let's just sit in the thank you for one beautiful night together. So that's what we're here to do. And rather than just like me talk about it, um, what we really wanted to do was just open the floor. We've done this a few times, and the first time I was kind of nervous because I just didn't know. Like, is somebody going to say, Jay, you suck? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I just don't know, right? Um, those just come in the emails on Thursday. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was my last job. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. What I mean by that isn't... What I mean by that is that in a big church, there's always somebody who's really, really angry at you, period. That's what I mean by that. Um, let me see if I can recover that now. <laughs> um, we just want to open the floor. And um, one of the reasons I kind of worked through that history was maybe to remind you a little bit. Um, and what I want to do is just say, like, does anybody in the room want to just speak up and name a moment in our time together in this season at the Brick? A moment, um, an experience, maybe a trend, maybe something that's happened every week. Does anybody want to name an effect on your life or an effect in the life of someone you love? Does anybody want to name an unexpected word that you heard? Does anybody want to name a discovery that happened for you as we worked through the book of Acts together and maybe you saw something in Jesus or the church that you haven't seen before? Does anybody want to name just um, to tell a little bit of a story or to celebrate a moment and we'll kind of together just use this as a way to say thank you. Anybody want to just throw one out there and get that going? Well, let me, um, let me say this, uh, two things. First of all, if you got more to say, that's so awesome. Use the time after. Like, I love that we don't program that time, and you can talk about whatever. You can talk about how great the Cubs are, how terrible the Cardinals are. <laughs> just had to bring that back for a minute. Um, but hey, also, you could use that time to just like continue this conversation informally. You know, grab a beer or a water, grab a soda, grab some food, um, and we can do more of this afterwards, right? You can go a little deeper and invite your own part of that into it. I also want to say, um, I, I know that nobody uh, or no community is immune to like things being difficult, right? So two things. If, if you're kind of new to our community and you're like, I don't know what these people are talking about, but I had a bad day. <laughs> I just want to say, man, that belongs to you. And um, like this isn't a place where you just have to have a really happy thing to say. And if you don't have a celebration on your heart today, that's also totally okay. And that belongs here too. And I want to say that um, if your experience of our community has been like less than ideal, I just want to say thanks for just continuing to give us a try. Because it is messy. And I know that people fall through the cracks. And I know that it, it just takes one bad day from a couple of people or something or one dumb word from the preacher or something to, um, to not give you the best experience. And so if that's you, I just want to say thank you for showing back up and for continuing to show us some grace. And I hope that we can um, take that really seriously and, and, and somehow live up to that. So that's that. Um, we're going to kind of begin to move our way toward the table now tonight. Because, um, man, just everything you guys said, um, I just think, like, that does not just happen. You know what I mean? Um, so we, we find ourselves together as the recipients of this incredible grace. And we believe it's rooted in a God whose fundamental disposition toward us is to give. That that's just in his nature. Like, that's just what God likes to do, to give, to be generous. That the world exists because God is generous. And because you, you and I are here because God is generous. And he sent Christ, his son, because he is generous. And he continues to just keep extending that generosity to us. And we just get to say thank you. Um, 
So we're going to do that in a few movements now. We've had this kind of open floor experience. And now I think uh, Dan and maybe a couple others are going to lead us. If you want to grab your program again, we're going to move from sort of informal open floor to a collective prayer of thank you. And then uh, when that's done, we'll go from that collective prayer of thank you to, uh, to the table together. So Angela's going to lead us through this prayer. And when we get to this portion in bold, I'll just teach you this very simple refrain that we'll sing together. So Angela. Generous, loving God, we thank you for the beautiful moments we've shared as a community. Help us to welcome each other joyfully with no hidden agenda or strings attached. Help us to extend this community outside the doors and into our homes. And help us to forgive each other and extend grace when our imperfections and brokenness come to the surface. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your Forgive us for the times we take your goodness for granted. May your extravagant love become normal, but may we never become numb to it. Help us to see your joy in the laughter of children, your kindness in the smile of a friend, your wisdom in the eyes of our elders. We sing again. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for your love. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your love. We pray for those who haven't known your goodness who have been told that you are angry at them, that you won't love them unless they change who they are. For those who have heard that this good news, but not experienced it in community, break our hearts for those living without your hope and goodness. May we be filled and refilled with your love and grace so that we can share that love with others. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God, above all, we thank you for your son Jesus, who perfectly embodies your love, who shows us a better way to live and love and be human, who gives us the strength 
to keep choosing love instead of hate, forgiveness instead of revenge, hope instead of despair. Thank you for loving us just as we are. come to the table today, which is actually an act of receiving, first of all, and it's meant to remind us of all the things we've received from God, and then in particular, that precious gift of his, himself uh, in the world. Um, the way we do this around here, if you haven't been around for it, or there's a bit of an adjustment tonight anyway, so just kind of hang with me, um, but once we get to that point, we'll have uh, servers in the four corners of the room, and just if you'd like to partake, you're welcome to, and by the way, this table is for anyone who wants to be at the table with Jesus, period. Uh, we think the invitation should be as broad and open as Jesus made it himself. So if you want to be at the table with Jesus, and if, um, if you believe he's offered that invitation, then, then come and, and join us at that table. Um, when you come forward, somebody's going to have a, a basket of bread, and they're going to remind you that Jesus' body was broken. And uh, what we'll do tonight is, um, if you would, don't take the bread. Simply hold out your hand which represents all, all that goes on within us when we move from taking the things that we think we need from the world and simply opening ourselves up to receive. Because if you believe um, that God is truly that good, uh, maybe even maybe part of you believes that, but you want to fan that place within you into flame, right? We open our hands and just to receive, and then one of our servers will look you in the eye, and, and they'll take a piece of bread, and they'll place it in your hand, and they'll remind you the body of Christ broken for you. And then you can hold on to it, don't eat it yet, and then you could um, move over to the cup, and somebody will hold that cup out for you, and they'll remind you the blood of Christ was shed for you. And you can take that bread and dip it in the cup, and then you can uh, receive that as you eat it. Um, all of the bread is free of everything. I literally don't know of a single dietary condition that can be threatened by this, unless you're on paleo. I don't know what to tell you then. Um, but really, it's gluten-free, it's dairy-free, it's nut-free. Um, we really want the table to just be widely open. The cup is grape juice. We just want the table to be wildly open for um, every person who wants to be there with Jesus. And so we'll do that. And what we believe as a community is that the generosity of God is most fully expressed in the gift of Jesus. And it reveals a God that is always being generous. And so every other good thing is also a generous gift. Um, the laughter you experience with a friend is in the same current as the gift of Christ, right? And the food and drink you enjoy on just a regular old every day, that's in the same current as the generosity of God who gives himself to us in Christ. And the beauty that has struck your eyes and the way that you have been loved in the world and every little or, or massive good thing that has ever come into your life is part of that greater current, which is revealed most fully in Christ as God gave himself to us in the life and the death and the resurrection of his beloved son on our behalf. So let me read to you um, 
a letter uh, from, from a guy named Paul. We've, we've been reading about the church and learning about the church through the story of the book of Acts. And one of the characters in that story, he was moving all around the ancient world trying to share this good news of the gift of God to the world, of the generosity of God to the world. And one of those communities, I suspect, was not much unlike us. They were small, they were getting started. Sometimes it was really difficult. And he writes a letter to them to remind them of what is central. And in that letter, he says this. For he, this is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. So today we come uh, to say thank you to God for all of his good gifts, whether it's new friends that we've made or this just unlikely life of a church together or jokes that we've shared together or things that we've learned in the scriptures and especially for the gift of his son, giving himself to us. So I'll... Um, I'll pray, and while I'm praying, I'll just invite the people who are going to serve us to go ahead and kind of come forward so I can serve them. And then after I pray, I'll serve them. And then once they've had a chance um, to get back to where they're headed, we'll, uh, we'll sing together, Dan will lead us, and just during that time, you're welcome to get out of your seat and move toward one of the tables and, uh, and to say thank you as you receive. So loving God, we've taken stock of stories of your great kindness to us. We've uh, felt it in the ways that we have known love in this community, in the ways that our eyes have been opened in this community, in the sense of belonging that we experience together, and in the sense that that love that we know is meant to not just dwell with us, but to pour through us into the world. So God, as you are leading us into the future to a community of grace and peace for our city and the world, we pray that tonight at this meal you would remind us of the gift of your son. May this be for us tonight the body and blood of Christ, that we would open our hands and trust that at the center of reality that the very energy that fuels the universe is the love of a God who has not given up and not forgotten and who is with us today. And so uh, meet us in this meal. We pray it in Christ's name. We said amen. Let me have those who are going to serve you. Go ahead and come on up here. Angela, it's the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. And Ron, it's the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Jeremy, it's the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. And Emily, it's the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you.
and more against the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Trinity, that's the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Cassie, it's the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. And Britt, the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. And uh, so use this time as you want to pray, to reflect. Um, perhaps just a quiet moment would be really good for you on this day. Or perhaps you want to join us at the table that Jesus welcomes us to. And while we do that, uh, Dan will lead us to sing. Thank you. Thank you.